And sometimes you think you're not making a difference, but you know, uh, we, we just give what we can and God takes, God brings the increase, doesn't he? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, it's been a great day today. It's been a great day. We thank the Lord for his blessings. I want you to take your Bibles and uh, uh, I told you this morning that uh, I'm going to have to quit worrying about the time. Amen. Amen. But I'm not going to keep you long tonight. All right. All right. I just had to say that. I just had to say that. And uh, Brother Brandon was talking about uh, talking about get, getting older, getting older. You're getting older. And I thought, I wonder who he's talking about, you know, <laughs> getting older. And that made me think about the story that said uh, the young couple invited their elderly preacher for Sunday dinner. And while they were in the kitchen preparing the meal, the minister asked their son what they were having. The little boy replied, we're having goat. Goat, replied the preacher. Are you sure about that? Yep, said the youngster. I heard dad say to mom, today's just as good as any to have that old goat for dinner, amen. <laughs> Psalm chapter 92, let's all stand tonight, all right? And we'll teach or preach whatever the Lord leads us to do tonight just for a few minutes. And uh, amen, we'll, have a, we'll, we'll try to give you a little something to think about. Appreciate the good service this morning. Amen. Psalm chapter 92, we're going to read all 15 verses, and then I'm going to, if you'll give me just three, four, five minutes to just review, just for the sake of those who weren't in the service this morning. We had folks ministering in other ministries this morning while this service was going on. And so if you'll at least let me get them caught up just a little bit, and then we'll get into some brand new material tonight. Psalm 92 and verse 1, the psalmist said, It's a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High, to show forth thy loving kindness in the morning and thy faithfulness every night upon thy, an instrument of ten strings and upon the psaltery, upon the harp with a solemn sound. For thou, Lord, hast made me glad through thy work. I will triumph in the work of, works of thy hands. O Lord, how great are thy works, and thy thoughts are very deep. A brutish man knoweth not, neither doth the fool understand this. When the wicked spring is the grass, and when all the workers of iniquity do flourish, it is that they shall be destroyed forever. But thou, O Lord, art most high forevermore. For lo, thine enemies, O Lord, for lo, thine enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. But my horn shalt thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Mine eye also shall see my desire on mine enemies, and mine ears shall hear my desire of the wicked that rise up against me. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. And this morning, we read the last three verses together, and I'd like us to do that again tonight if we could. Verse number 13, ready? Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing to show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. And you may be seated. And I want to take just a few minutes tonight, and, and again, I want to build on that subject that we began this morning. And uh, we, we've talk, talked about planting this morning. I'm going to talk about planting tonight. And uh, this will be real easy, real simple, uh, easy to understand. Uh, the kids can understand this message. And so uh, let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask God to help us. We need the word tonight. Father, thank you so much. What a great day. Lord, you've been so mighty, so mighty and wonderful. And Father, I thank you for the great spirit and, 
And uh, Lord, a wonderful, uh, just a wonderful spirit today of brotherly love. And, and uh, God, we just appreciate uh, your blessings. And uh, we're so glad to be here tonight. And Father, I pray now that you'll knit our hearts together as you've done many times. And I pray that you'll take something that said, I, Lord, I, I've got a lot to give in, in, in what I'm going to try to do in a little bit of time. But Lord, truth is, nobody's going to take home everything I say tonight. But maybe one point, maybe one truth, maybe one illustration would lodge in somebody's heart and mind. And God, maybe that one truth would make a lasting difference in their life for the cause of Jesus Christ. May he be all that it's about tonight. God, I pray that he'll get really big in our lives. Help us to put our eyes on the Son tonight, the Son of God. Father, we pray for your power and your anointing and your blessing. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray and for his sake. And all God's people said, amen. And I want to draw your attention, especially verse 13. We're going to go a little further than that tonight. But verse 13 says, those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. I wish I could preach the whole message from this morning, but we just, we, we just don't have time. But I, I want you to notice tonight that the Bible did not say those that are simply in the house of the Lord shall flourish. The Bible says those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Now, scripture wants us to be planted in the house of God. And we said this morning that one of the greatest decisions that you'll ever make is to be planted in God's house. And that is so true. Man, I am so glad that I had a mom and dad that brought me up in church. I'll never be able to repay them for that. I owe them a debt, such a debt of gratitude. And if you've got a mom or a dad that encourages you to come to the house of the Lord and serve the Lord, boy, rather than complain, you ought to jump up and down and click your heels together and say, thank God I've got a mom and dad like that. And we're to be planted in the house of the Lord. This morning in the service, we gave you, first of all, the requirement of planting. We said this, number one, that planting requires soil. Now, we made a little bit of a mess this morning, and we're going to make a mess tonight. But I think, you know what, a visual makes a big difference. And uh, I've got uh, a little pot up here, and uh, I'm going to pour some soil in this pot. And you know what, if you're going to plant, if you're going to plant, well, you got to have soil. That's what the Bible says. you got to have soil. Now, we said this morning that the Bible tells us what that soil is. I want you to take your Bibles, turn over to Mark chapter 4, and we're going to use that a little further into the message tonight. Mark chapter 4, and look down, if you will, at verse number 15, and the Bible tells us what the soil that he's referring to is. Mark chapter 4 and verse number 15. And the Bible says, And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown, but when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately, and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. And so soil is the heart. Now again, I don't have time. I wish I had time to preach it tonight. But we said this, that if you and I are gonna be planted in the house of the Lord, we're gonna have to put our heart in God's house. And when you come to the house of the Lord, do your best to clear your mind and clear your schedule on the Lord's day. 
The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And so we said this morning, when you come to church, be where your feet are. Be where your feet are. Man, listen, don't let your heart uh, wander. Don't let your mind wander. Don't be thinking about the ball game. Don't be thinking about bass fishing. Don't be thinking about NASCAR. Man, don't have your mind on other things. But when you come to the house of God, make sure that uh, you are where your feet are. Make sure that your heart is in the house of the Lord. Now, we said several things this morning. We said, number one, invest your tithe. You want to have your heart here. Jesus said, for where your treasure is there, will your heart be also. And so invest your tithe. We said number two, invest your time. How man don't come rushing to get in, rushing to get out. How when you come to the house of the Lord, come on and, and plan on staying for a little while. No, I know. Listen, there's going to be times when you're late. There's going to be times when you got things going on and, and you're going to get at the last minute. I'm not picking on you for that. I understand all that. But I'm just saying this. You know what? Do your best to, to make church a, a big part of your life. Invest your tithe. Invest your time. Then we said number three, invest your talent. If you've got a gift that God has given you, man, give it to the work of God and let God use you in the local church. And we said, last of all, invite your tribe. Man, invite your family. Get your family here. Get your loved ones here. Why? Because we want our heart to be in the house of God so we can be planted. Now, planting requires soil, but there's something else. Number two, planting requires Seed, and uh, I brought some seed here tonight, and this just happens to be sunflower seed. And uh, but you know what? If you're going to plant something, you got to have some seed, and you got to take that seed, and that seed has got to be carefully placed in the soil. Then you say, preacher, we know what that soil is, but what is the seed? Well, the Bible tells us what the seed is as well. Would you look back at Mark chapter 4 and look at verse number 14? The Bible says, The sower soweth the word. He soweth the word. And so Scripture's telling us this, that the seed that goes in the soil is the word of God. Now, I just want to say just a minute, church, thank God for the seed. Amen. Thank God for the seed. Thank God for the word of God. Thank God that I have the infallible, inerrant, perfect word of God up here tonight. I'm so thankful for the seed. I'm so thankful for the word of God. What a difference it's made in my life. And uh, oh, listen, if you're here tonight and you've got a Bible, you ought to just thank God for that. Man, what a joy. And I know I'm so blessed, man, at home I've got stacks of Bibles and I love Bibles, of course I do, you know, being a, a pastor and a preacher, I love different kinds of Bibles. I love big Bibles and small Bibles and man, I love my red Bible. I love all my other Bibles too, though. I love the word of God. Now, you know what? You know why we take the word of God for granted a lot of times? is because we've always had it. We've always had it. Most of us in America know nothing of what other countries face. And we've grown up with the Bible. Either mama had one or daddy had one or, or we had one. And we've just always grown up around the word of God. And because of that, if we're not careful, many, many times we'll take it for granted. What you're getting ready to see on the screen tonight are some Chinese citizens these Chinese citizens are college-age kids. When I say kids, you know what I'm saying. In their 20s, 19, 20, 21, 25 years old. And, uh, and when I start the video tonight, you're going to see some young people responding. They're not getting CDs. 
They're not getting money. But you're going to see some college-age kids who are getting a copy of the Bible for the very first time. I want you just to watch the video. The video speaks for itself, but that'll let you give us some good sound. So much of the time we take this blessed book for granted. And we leave it out in a hot hot car and we use it for a doorstop and we leave it out in the weather. And and here are some young people in their 20s and college age kids that have never even held on to a copy of the word of God. And for the very first time in their life, they're actually touching the word of God. I'm just listening. I don't know if this is good preaching or bad preaching. I'm just telling you, Calvary, you talk about some blessed people tonight. We're blessed tonight in America. Alice Mortensen said it like this. If I should live a thousand years and search it every day, the precious word of God would still shed light upon my way. Should every other earthly thing be severed from my grasp, I pray that I may ever hold my Bible till the last. And someday when he calls me home and I at last can look upon his face, I want to kneel and thank him for his book. I'm thankful for the seed tonight. Oh, I want your soil to be here. I want your heart to be here when you come here. But thank God when you come here, we've got something to plant in the soil and it's the seed of the word of God. Hey, may I say this tonight, church, the seed is able to produce amazing results. Did you know that what, what, what man cannot do, God can do? And he can do it through his word. You're in Mark chapter four, look at verse number 20. Look what he says. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it. Look what happens. And bring forth fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some an hundred. That's that seed that's working. Skip down to verse number 30. Verse number 30. And he said, Whereunto shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or with what comparison shall we compare it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when it is sown in the earth is less than all the seeds that be in the earth. But when it is sown, it groweth up and becometh greater than all herbs and shooteth out great branches 
so that the fowls of the air may lodge under the shadow of it. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying this seed that I have in my hand tonight is powerful seed and it can make an unbelievable difference in your life and in my life. You've heard me tell the story about the, about the man that was a, he was a, a pickpocket and, and he was out one day, he was a thief, a robber, and he was out one day in a big crowd and, and he came up to a man and, and uh, it looked like the man had a bulging wallet sticking out of his back pocket and he, he uh, went over and was able, was able to get the wallet, what he thought was a wallet. He got it out of the man's, uh, out of the man's back pocket and he slipped it on his person and uh, he went home and man, he thought, man, this is great and gonna have a lot of money in it. When he got home and opened it up, it wasn't a wallet at all. It was a Bible. And, uh, and he was so mad as he looked and there was no money in there. And he threw it across the room and, and he was aggravated. But you know what? When he opened the Bible, he felt the papers in it. And he said, well, I'm not gonna throw it away. He said, those papers in that Bible feel like they would roll a good cigarette. And so I'm gonna, I'm gonna tear a page out and I'll put some tobacco in it and I'll roll me a cigarette every day and I won't have to buy cigarette papers. And so that's what he did many days. He came to that Bible, tore a page out, and he poured tobacco in that page, and he rolled it up and would smoke it like a cigarette every day. He'd done that for many days, except one day. On one day, he tore a page out, and on this day, he said, you know what? I think I'll just see what's on this page before I, before I roll it up into a cigarette. And he began to read those words on the Word of God. And those words begin to make a difference in his life. And long story short, that man was born again. Why? Because the seed has power. Did you know church tonight, that sadly is why many attend churches but never get planted. Because they attend a church that offers no seed. Did you know the most important thing about finding a church is not a youth program? Now I'm thankful for our youth program, don't get me wrong. But the most important thing about a church is not a youth program. The most important thing about a church is not the music that you like. The most important thing about a church is not modern facilities. The most important thing about a church is not even where your family attends, but rather finding one that preaches and teaches the word of God. Oh, listen, Calvary, listen, in every single ministry, may it be said that we concentrate on giving people the seed of the word of God. Uh, may we give them the seed on our bus routes. May we give them the seed in the nursing home. May we give them the seed as we preach to the inmates in the prison. May we give them the seed as we go into the, uh, take the gospel to the public school children. Why? Because the seed has power to make a difference. That's why. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 18, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 21, for after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Thank God I go to a church that believes in sowing the seed of the word of God. Don't get me wrong, church. Man, I'm for music, I'm for youth, I'm for all these other programs and things that we do at Calvary, but may it never take the place of preaching and teaching the Word of God. Amen. I remember Brother Howes used to tell the story. He grew up in a drunkard's, a drunkard's home. Daddy was a big man, he was a drunkard, and uh, never went to church with his mom. Later, when he was still a young man, 
His dad left him. He and his mom just forsook him and left him. But Brother Howe said, I remember the time when I was just a little boy and he said, my daddy came and announced to me and mom that I'm gonna go to church with y'all tonight. And Brother Howe said, man, I'd never heard my dad say that. I was so excited. He said, we didn't have a, uh, uh, we didn't have a phone in our house. And so he said, I, we had a neighbor way down the street that had a telephone. And he said, I ran just a little boy. He said, I ran down the street, knocked on the neighbor's door. And uh, they came there and he said, can I, can I borrow your phone? And they said, well, yes, come in. He called his preacher and he said, preacher. He said, my daddy's coming to church today. My daddy's coming to church. He's a drunkard. He's unsaved. And he's coming to church tonight. He said, preacher, do you think you could preach on the second coming of Christ? Do you think you could preach on Jesus coming again? He said, every time you preach on that, it gets my attention. And he said, do you think you could preach on the second coming of Christ? If you'd preach on that, I think my daddy would get saved. Brother Howell said that night they walked out of the house. He said he was so proud the very first time. He said he head on to the big old hand of his daddy and they walked down the sidewalk and they walked to the house of God on a Sunday night. He said he was so happy, so happy. And he said that night as they came in the church and they sat toward the back, the preacher stood up and said, folks, tonight we'll have no preaching, but tonight we'll have our annual cantata. And Brother House said that night, and I'm not against cantatas, church, don't get me wrong, but that night he said my drunkard daddy sat in the back and slept all the way through the service and there was never any preaching. All I'm saying, church, is this. May, may we make sure that we strive to give people the seed when they come to Calvary. They don't need your personality. By the way, they don't need my personality. What they need is the seed. Man, that's what they need. They don't need your talent necessarily or your gift necessarily. What they need is the seed of the word of God. If we're gonna be planted, it's gonna take some things. Number one, it takes soil. Number two, planting requires seed. How about, well, how about this? Number three, planting requires saturation. Now, again, I brought a little little visual here tonight, and uh, I brought my little water jug with me this evening. We've got the soil, and we've got the seed, but how many know this? That if that's as far as you go, it's not gonna grow like it's supposed to. You gotta have saturation. And so you're you're to take that water and, Man, you're to, you're to water that seed. Now, the Bible likens itself to water. But also, in the Word of God, the water represents the Holy Spirit. I want you to take your Bibles tonight, if you will, please, and turn to John chapter 4. John chapter 4, and look, if you will, at verse number 14 tonight. John chapter 4, and verse number 14. Water in the Bible, represents the Spirit of God. John chapter four and verse number 14. The Bible says, but whoso drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Now turn over a chapter two to John chapter seven and look if you will please at verse number 38. John chapter seven and verse number 38. Uh, The Bible says in verse 38, he that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. 
But this spake he of the Spirit. And so, you know what? If we're going to be planted in the house of God, we're going to have to have soil. Our heart's going to have to be here. We're going to have to have seed. Well, thank God we've got the seed, but we're going to have to have saturation. We're going to have to have water, and that water is the Spirit of God. Now, water is absolutely essential to life. Now, I know that you don't believe this, but did you know the average person can go 60 days without food? I wouldn't want to, but they tell us you can and, and not starve to death. But the same person can only go three days without water because water is absolutely vital. And so it is with the child of God tonight. Church, if you're here this evening and you and I are gonna be planted in the house of God, we've gotta have that saturation of spiritual water called the Holy Spirit. Now let me give you several things real quickly, real quickly about the Holy Spirit. Number one is this, God's Spirit takes up residence in our bodies at the moment of salvation. Now, again, we're not, we can't turn to all these tonight, but let's turn to a couple. A couple. Uh, turn over to Ephesians chapter 1 and look at verse number 13 tonight. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 13. And these are just good things that you need to know in your Christian life. God's Spirit takes up residence in our bodies at the moment of salvation. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. Uh, Paul said, In whom you also trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Here it is. In whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. You don't have to turn there. First Corinthians chapter six and verse 19 says, what know you not? That your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and you're not your own. So God's Spirit takes up residence in our bodies at the moment of salvation. Number two is this. God's Spirit is given as a down payment and a reminder that Jesus is coming back to claim what is his. Now I'm gonna show that to you. Take your Bibles and turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter number one, 2 Corinthians chapter number one, and look at verse number 21. Many of you have heard this, but some of you maybe have never heard this before. 2 Corinthians chapter one and verse number 21. The Bible says, now he which established us with you in Christ and hath anointed us is God. Here it is, verse 22. Who hath also sealed us and given the earnest of the spirit in our hearts. Anybody ever, ever, ever hear of something called earnest money? Earnest money? You know what earnest money is? Earnest money is something that you give to let those folks know that you're planning on coming back and claiming what is yours. And the Bible says that God gave us his Holy Spirit, that Jesus sent his Holy Spirit, and he did so because, you know what, that's a sign of, I'm coming back to claim what is mine. And by the way, thank God one of these days, he's gonna come, and he's gonna receive us unto himself. And so God's Spirit is given as a down payment. How about this? God's Spirit can be grieved. He can be grieved. Ephesians chapter four, verse 30, the Bible says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let me ask you something, couples. Have you ever grieved your spouse? Have you ever, fellas, 
Have you ever grieved? Don't, don't answer out loud. <laughs> Have you ever grieved your wife and she reclined to a, a back part of the house somewhere? She didn't want to be in your presence right then. Did you know that if you grieve the Spirit of God, that the Spirit of God can take recess in a back part of your life somewhere? Now, he doesn't leave you. Thank God he doesn't leave you. But if you grieve him, you know what? He can, he can retire to a place that's not active in your life, a place of lesser area in your life. And so God's Spirit can be grieved. How about this? God's Spirit should be yielded to. Galatians chapter 5, verse 25. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Romans chapter 8, verse 13. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Planting requires some things. It requires soil. It requires seed. It requires saturation. But hang on just a minute. It requires a soul. A sower. Matthew chapter 13 verse 3 says, And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. Mark chapter 4 verse 14 says, The sower soweth the word. This is why I believe God gives his church pastors and teachers. In fact, the Bible tells us that in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Wait a minute, this is all I'm saying. We're going to be done in just a moment. If you're going to be planted in the house of the Lord, you're going to have to have soil. The soil is your heart. Make sure your heart's here. Make sure you are where your feet are. You're going to have to have seed. Seed's the word of God. Man, you've got to get in the Bible. And by the way, don't just wait for the preacher to teach it to you. You get in the Bible before you ever get here. And let God start speaking to your heart long before you get to the house of God. But wait a minute, planting requires saturation, that water of the Holy Ghost. And last of all, it requires a sower. We were out visiting the other day. I, I can't remember, I think Brother Justin was with me. And we were out visiting and we knocked on a door and the lady came to the door and we just you know, tried to have a good visit. And I said, are you going to church anywhere? She said, yes. She said, I go to such and such church. And I said, okay. I said, what's your pastor's name? I think I asked her, what's your pastor's name? She said, oh, we don't have a pastor. She said, we're not set up like that. We don't have a pastor in our church. And uh, I, I don't mean they were just without a pastor. I mean, they never have a pastor. Now, you know what, church? It's no wonder, isn't it, that folks aren't getting planted in the house of the Lord. And so if we're gonna be planted, it's gonna take soil, it's going to take seed, it's going to take saturation, and it's going to take a sower. Now we're done, but I want you to hear me as I close. Not only do we notice the requirements of planting, but we notice the results of planting. Let me just give you this and we'll pray. How about this? I love it. Those who are planted are promised to bloom. Amen. Look at your Bible again. Turn back over to Psalm 92 if you turned away from it. Psalm 92 and look at verse number 13. And the psalmist said, those that be planted in the house of the Lord, here it is, shall flourish in the courts of our God. That word flourish there means, it, it, it speaks of life. 
And don't you love to be around people that are alive? I like it, man. I don't like being around deadheads. I can't stand it. I mean, you know, I, I try to be nice to everybody. I really do. But I, I just, I don't like to be around deadheads, man. I just, I try to get away. I'm afraid some of that stuff might rub off on me. I, I you know, and I speak and wave and say howdy and all that. But I like to be around folks that have some life and folks that smile and folks that like to laugh and, and folks that, that enjoy life. Oh, listen to me, listen to me. Did you know that a dead tree is just not a beautiful sight? I mean, usually dead trees are wilted and dark. Oftentimes, they they end up falling. And a lot of times, nobody even pays any attention. They don't even cut them up. They just let them lay because they're dead. But those who are planted are promised to bloom. How about this? Those who are planted are promised to bring forth fruit. Look at verse 14. He said, they shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. I love that. In fact, if you study that out, if you study that out, it implies this. It implies to make cheerful. To make cheerful. If you'll be planted in the house of the Lord, you know what? To make cheerful. And if you get planted, did you know that God will make you cheerful? Did you know that? You know what, church? I can't explain it all, but I'm just telling you, church works. It just works. It works. You say, preacher, can you tell me all the ins and outs? I can't. I don't understand it all. I don't know. I don't know how it works necessarily, but I just know this. It works. And God said, if you'll come and if you'll get planted, he said, you know what, man? You'll bring forth fruit. And he said, you'll be happy and you'll be cheerful. And he said, you'll end up making other, others cheerful as well. And we're done. Those that are planted are promised to broadcast a message. Now, I think this is probably the most important thing right here. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord are promised to broadcast a message. Will you say, Pastor, what's the message? Well, look at verse 15. He said, to show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. Did you know tonight when you finally get planted as a Christian, you become a billboard for Jesus Christ? You do. You do. Y'all ever meet these folks that claim they're saved and they look like they're winged on a dill pickle? You know what I'm talking about? Never laugh. I mean, never laugh, never smile. I mean, and, uh, and they say, I'm saved. And I'm thinking, man, if you're saved, tell your face you're saved. Amen. Amen. You know what my Bible says? If you're really saved, you're going to be a billboard. Man, folks, folks are going to see that, you know what, that boy, the Lord has changed your life. It's been several years ago now. And I had the honor of going down to Walkertown, North Carolina. And I had breakfast with Dr. Bobby Robertson. Brother Bobby's always been one of my heroes. He pastored the Gospel Light Baptist Church and pastored the church for over 50 years. And I drove down to, drove down to uh, Walkertown, and, and uh, some of you have heard, heard that story. And we were just going we to dress, dress casual that day. That was the thing. We're going to dress casual. We went down to Brother Bobby's house. Brother Bobby walks out, man, I mean, just decked. I mean, just beautiful blue suit. Everything's pressed, red tie, hanky. I mean, the whole thing. We go down to this little restaurant where Brother Bobby eats, and we got a table, sat down at the table. We sat down at the table. 
And for at least 30 to 40 minutes, Brother Bobby never sat down. The whole 30 or 40 minutes, he was talking to folks and shaking hands, and folks were coming in and saying, hey, Brother Bobby, hey, I used to go to your church. Hey, Brother Bobby, you led my mama to Christ. Hey, Brother Bobby, you came and visited me in the hall. Hey, Brother Bobby, good to see you. Hey, and, and for about 30 or 40 minutes, man, he just went around that, that restaurant. Folks were coming up to him and saying, boy, appreciate you, Brother Bobby. Appreciate you, Brother Bobby. And uh, now we weren't at the church. We were at a public restaurant. And you know what I understood real quickly? that Brother Bobby Robertson was a walking billboard for Jesus Christ. You know why? Because a long, long time ago, Bobby Robertson decided something. I'm going to plant myself in the house of the Lord. And that's why God used him in such a great way. Now that's all I'm saying tonight, Calvary. It'll be a grand day when we have some people at Calvary Baptist Church will just say, you know what? By the grace of God, I'm planting myself in the house of the Lord. Dr. Ray Young used to say, grow deep roots. Grow deep roots. Man, just get somewhere and grow deep roots. And let God use you in a great, great way. Boy, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful tonight that God has given us a, a good place to worship. And I appreciate you being here tonight. Let's bow our heads tonight for prayer. Father, thank you so much for this time that we've had together. And God, tonight, I pray that you'll take this feeble attempt at preaching. And God, I pray that you'll hit it home in the hearts of our people. Lord, long story short, this is all I'm trying to say. Let us be planted. God, may we not be like that tumbleweed that I preached about this morning that's here and there and all over the place. But God, would you help us to be planted and planted so that we might flourish and bring forth fruit and be that billboard for the cause of Christ. I pray that you'll bless this time of invitation. And God, if there might be one here this evening that's never been saved, well, I pray tonight would be the night that they'd come to know the Lord. Father, work in our hearts. Bless those that are watching by way of live stream tonight. And God, I pray you do a lasting work in their hearts. And just help us tonight, I pray. We thank you and love you now. In Jesus' name, amen. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Why don't we stand tonight all over the house and the pianist will play. And if God spoke to your heart tonight about, about a decision or about something that you need to do, why don't you just slip out tonight? You know, maybe tonight some just need to come around this old-fashioned altar and say, Lord, thank you for the seed. Thank you for the seed. Lord, I, I've been taking my Bible for granted for a, quite a while. I'm just thankful for the seed of the Word of God tonight. Lord, thank you for changing my life. Thank you, Lord, for giving me a, a church where I can attend and where I can grow. We're going to pause just for, just for a moment or so. And if you need to come, the altar's open. You come tonight while we wait. If you need prayer, we're here to pray with you. Be glad to pray with you tonight. And uh, you come tonight while we wait.